walk into the room Everything changes Darkness starts to tremble at the light that you bring yes. When you walk into the room Every heart starts burning Nothing matters more than just to sit here at your feet and worship you
who we are now in Christ. We, we got a good understanding of the fall and what happened at the fall. What happened to mankind. Things went out of order. But because of Christ, because of what he's accomplished, he's put everything back in order. For those who are in Christ. And we recognize too, if you go ahead and go to page 9, the who I am in Christ. These declarations that I encouraged you, and you've had two weeks. You only had a week, but since we missed last Friday, you had two weeks. And hopefully, you've gone through this, you've prayed through them, you're doing your exercise daily. You know, I encourage you to pick one from each of these areas. The I'm accepted, the I'm secure, the I'm significant. Because we realize that the consequences of the fall was spiritual death, Mental depravity and emotional depravity. But the who I am in Christ are God's truths. These are truths that secure us in our identity in Christ. I don't want you uncomfortable. I don't know, Norma. So the who I am's in Christ. So, Gilda, for the I'm accepted, which one did you choose? Or if you choose more than one, but at least one. And if you didn't choose one, I'm going to come around to you tonight's the night to choose one. So. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. What about the I am secure? 
I am hidden with Christ in God. And that I am significant. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. And when you hear these and you meditate upon them, what are they ministering to you? What are you taking away that daily that you can apply to remind yourself of these truths? What application from them? Well, I think when you when you think of like, oh, well, well for me, like a lot of times my past comes up. Mm-hmm. So it's just a good thing to remind myself that that's not who I am anymore. Um, and it just, it reminds me of who he is, and it reminds me of who I am in him. So it puts things into, um, like, a spiritual perspective instead of it just being, um, having, like, random thoughts just bouncing off my head. So. Is there anything, what takeaways from the first session, if anything, what did you walk away with after our first session? How did it settle with you? Well, it was kind of unsettling. You know, it just like uh, made me think a lot, and it felt like it was a lot of it. I just, I guess, I just felt like I could relate to so much of it. So. Um, I didn't really even like talk that much the first session because I was just like, um, I just felt like I was getting kind of like my uh, my mail read or something, you know. And it was just, um, I just felt it was going like deep inside. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right, Ariana, you're up. So, which one, if you read out of that list, out of the I'm accepted, stood out to you, or that you wanted to kind of remember? I am Christ's friend. Very good. And what about I am secure? What about from that part? I am assured that all things work together for me. And I am the I am significant. So with those three, what application can you take in your day-to-day life? <clears throat> when you think of those three statements, how does that help you? you, Norma, from those three? Um, first one, I'm a child of God. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I have not given in the spirit of fear, but I feel power enough in my sound mind. And I can do all things to Christ who strengthen me. And for application for you, in your day-to-day, those three statements? Just to know that I'm his child. Mm-hmm. He's given me, because I'm, he's my father, he's given me the power 
not to fear anything because first of all he will take care of me and like like I was talking with you earlier um, when you have a really rough week you, you just have to depend on him you know you have to run and just get in his presence and say God I need you I need you to give me the strength that is needed right now and uh so just to know that he's my father and he will take care of me. He definitely will be there for me. And just to remind myself that you don't have to fear because I'm giving you the power, the love, and the sound mm -hmm. mind to have control. And remember, with me, you can do all things. Yes. And I'm strengthened and that's, mm -hmm. I think this week has been like a challenge week, but uh, I can definitely say that this is, it was there for me to be able to go through my whole week. And I'm glad you brought that up because as Christians, we're going to have rough weeks. We're going to have rough seasons. We're going to have to endure some things in life. Not everything is going to be hunky-dory. We're not going to float around on clouds. Like We're going to experience trials. We're going to experience things in our life that's going to challenge our identity. And it's these truths that we have to cling to in Christ. We've got to know our positions as Christians so that we can endure so that we know that we can call upon Him, and that we know that we can call upon the church for, for, for encouragement yes. and prayer. It's vital. So um, I'm going to come back to kind of go back, because I asked her a question and forgot to ask you, and I want to ask you, so we'll go back to you, Norma. So after the first session, did you walk away with anything? Any thoughts about it? Yeah, just to know that... <clears throat> um, God created everything perfect, mm -hmm. and Adam and Eve it was a fault of man. Yeah. And but if you, the description that I use in the, in the beginning is that, I mean, with Him we have life. Mm. Without Him we are dead. Yeah. So just to know that if I keep walking with Him every day, I will go increase in my faith. Yeah. He's going to increase my faith. I'm going to keep walking in that light, mm -hmm. and, and I, I see as a like a path pathway that you keep walking as as you're getting closer and closer to the end mm -hmm. it's getting brighter and brighter that's how uh -huh. I see it yeah. so I just like okay God I know if I get it seeking you even though there's going to be challenges going to be difficult to try or whatever I know that that line is going to get, get bigger and bigger and bigger because I'm getting to the end and uh, that's how I it's like it give me hope and the desire to keep fighting keep going keep yes. going don't give up you know and and, and that's, that was, like, again, it was a challenge week, but I praise God that, that he, he, he was there. And I was able to keep seeking that light and not just say, you know, I forget about this. You know, I just keep perseverance and know that, like he said in the scripture in First John 5, 12, he's the light in life. So if I keep seeking him, even through those difficult moments, he will keep right, I mean, it's like uh, when you feel lost mm. and you're trying to get into that light, you, you keep looking to, to find that end. Yes. You know, so that's how I feel. That's good. Um, that's I know you don't like to talk much, Ari, but we're going to ask you anyways. <laughs> so after the first one, and I want you to be honest, too. I don't want you to think, like, well, I've got to get right answers. Because there's really no right answers. It's just what you're processing and how God's working on you. That's the right answer. You know, so like, because I know it's a lot the first session, you know, um, 
did you take anything away? Did you think about it? Did you like what is it all what does this all mean? Like what did you take away when you when you hear all this stuff read and you're hearing all this stuff? What does it do for for you? Kind of made you emotional. Mm-hmm. As and uh, how so? Because I related to it. Mm-hmm. So, I still need to talk about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was like weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad you could be honest and, and talk about it. But like I said, I'm really hoping that through this, all of us are going to walk away for what we need in the season that we're in. I've already talked to Carrie, I've spoken with Yvette, and Jackie even sent me an email. And um, I think I encouraged Jackie, and if I didn't, she's listening um, at some point to this. And so Jackie, if you would send your email out to all of us from the first, your takeaway from the first part, um, so that they can read kind of how the Lord worked the first series within you. So let's go to... um, Page 11, before we go into um, chapter 2. The big question. So before the next session, this was kind of what was tossed out to you all to do, or to think about. Consider the following question. Suppose you were talking to someone who is not yet a Christian. How would you summarize the gospel message in a few sentences. <laughs> Ari, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing because Ariana's turning red into her book. She's afraid I was going to call on her. What's that? Oh, because Grandma was laughing? So, the big question. We're going to go around to each of us. So, but um, I'll come back to you, Ari. So think about that. So you're, you're at school or you're out and about and you have a friend or someone who's not a Christian and maybe they hear that you are and they say, well, what is it, you know? Um, what's the gospel? What is it that you believe? So think about that. In a few sentences, I'm going to come back to you. How would you summarize the gospel message from what you took away from chapter one? So we'll go to Gilda first. Well, <laughs> there's a lot of truth within just these four pages here of how to summarize the gospel. I feel bad, Ariana. I'm not a good speaker either. So, um, or not comfortable. Well, I think that there's, um, yeah, there's a lot of truth there. And I think that it would depend on who it is that I'm speaking to. So, um, I think that if someone is struggling with something or, um, I, I think that it would really depend on who, who it was and what they were going through. You know, like, I can't say that I would put it like in a box. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, um, because I think that you can take these truths and apply them to, like, so many 
like different situations. So if um, if someone is is would be struggling, let's say, or grieving, or you know, having like a, a fear of death, then I could give them the hope that there is in Christ, as far as Christ having conquered death and there being freedom and eternal life in Him. If it was somebody that was struggling with like an addiction or something, then I'm still giving them the gospel, but I'm telling them of the freedom that there is in Christ, how He died to, to take that away from, you know, for them. So I think that it would kind of depend, you know, I mean, basically, we're, you know, we were born into sin, we were born in a fallen world, and uh, Christ came and provided the answers to that, and we don't have to, everybody's always searching for something, for something more, something that's bigger than them, and we all have that need inside of us, and that's a need that only God can fulfill, not, um, not something, or more, more money, more this, more that, that's something that no, nothing else can satisfy that need, and so, um, I think that, that would be, it's, it's kind of like the central truth, but I think that depending on where that person is is going to be where I start my conversation with them. Like, I, I don't want it to be, uh, I don't know, just to come off like sounding Christian Christianese-like, but just speaking the truth to that person where they're at and how it's applicable to them. The same truth but just that it, because it, it meets you right where you're at. And so, I guess that that's how I would go about it. Okay. Norma? Okay. Um, I will definitely let them know that, well, Like, I will definitely let them know that we all were born in sin, and uh, that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, because He loved us so much, because our sin separated us from Him, because that fall of Adam and Eve, and the beginning of the creation, after God created the world, and created everybody, and created them, they fall because of temptation. I will go from the, like, like I, don't, I will present them like, okay, this is what happened in the beginning. And because of that, we are separated from the love of, of God. And because of that, he decided to send his son Jesus to demonstrate his love for us and to um, um, uh, reconcile us back to him. Mm -hmm. And this is what Jesus did for us. He died for us for our sin, and he paid the price. Someone that he was sinless, and he was the son of God, and but at the same time, he was God. And he came to save us, to rescue us. And I will let them know that, and because of that, he died, he rose again, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, 
and he want us to have a relationship, an intimate relationship with us, and for us to be have being safe or be safe and being reconciled back to God, we have to lay down our life. We have to die to self. I mean, I know that's probably a lot, but I think that's pretty much like a condense, you know, about the, what is in the Bible, and let them know it's been, listen, if you surrender your life to Christ, He will set you free, because He died for us, and He will set you free from sin and death, and you will have eternal life. But you have to consider the cost, because this is what Jesus said. If you want to be my, my disciple, you have to lay down your life, you know, and I think that's the way that I would present it, just to make sure that they understand the consequence to become a disciple. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Ariana, you're up. You remember last week's, or a couple weeks ago's message or study, and then you've heard these two ladies give their answers, so how would you summarize to a non-Christian, not someone who's calling himself a Christian, but to someone who has no understanding of the Christian faith, how would you summarize the gospel message, the good news, in a few sentences? It's, uh, it's the gospel message, the good news. That's what the gospel means. It's good news. You're sharing good news with others. People who, who, who don't know Christ, who are not Christians. See, and, and the thing to remember, because you don't have to have, like you said, this Christianese, like this is how you do it, word, 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 learn this and do it all the time. No. But yet the message is the same. And the message is the good news of Jesus Christ. Because we were all born in the same nature. Remember those consequences yeah. of the fall? <clears throat> mm-hmm. We all can relate. We all are consequences. We were born in the flesh. We were under these consequences. But because of Jesus, He made all things right. Mm-hmm. Because of God's great love for us, He sent His one and only Son. That whoever will believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. The good news. That we no longer have to be a slave to sin any longer. The power of sin, the power of death has been broken. And the good news that we have in Christ. He has set us free. So whatever they're dealing with, whatever, we can meet them right where they're at because that's where he meets them. But what we have to make sure we do is make sure that we're not giving them the benefits of the kingdom before we first introduce them to the king. Mm-hmm. 
Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like if I knew the king of England, let's say, and I told you, Ariana, well, I have access to this room and to that room and to this room and to that room, and so can you. Just go and take. You go and you take and you're called. You're going to be in trouble because the king doesn't know you and you don't know the king. Mm -hmm. But if I introduce you first to the king, this is my friend Ariana, and then the king says, well, have at it, Ariana. Just as much as I give to Rob, I give to you. And then you can take, partake of whatever he gives to us. But so many times we want to give people the kingdom. We want to give them all, and yet we don't give them the king. And that's where we have to be as Christians aware and use wisdom, is that we're presenting the understanding of the gospel message. Because there's a lot of people living today who think they know the king. And they want and they're demanding everything of the kingdom, but yet they haven't surrendered their life. They haven't received this free gift. This, this free gift of freedom, of salvation, of hope eternal that's in Christ. So I want to encourage y'all, if you haven't started journaling, to start journaling kind of what you're taking away from our times together. Because now... As we've gone and we've understood the good news, the gospel message, the need for our Savior, to the redemption, to being reconciled back to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, we now are moving into the new identity in Christ. You are a new creation. And look what it says here, 2 Corinthians 5, 16-17 on page 12. Gilda, would you read that scripture? Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet we now know, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away, behold, new things have come. Alright, so we're new creations. All things are made new. We're not to live out of the flesh. The flesh only knows how to die. We're not to give rights to the flesh. We give rights to our flesh. It's going to drag us away. It's going to devour our, our, our newness in Christ because we're choosing to walk in the flesh. And if you walk in the flesh, you're going to reap the benefits of the flesh. Mm -hmm. And those benefits are nothing but dead things. Yeah. So we have to be mindful daily, moment by moment. What are we choosing? How are we choosing to think? How are we choosing to, to go about our day? Because as a man thinks, so he goes. And we want to learn, and we want to grow, and we want to mature. We want more of Christ. We never want to think that we've arrived. No, we're on this, we're on this journey. We, we're on this process of sanctification. We're on this process of, 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 of maturing in the fullness of what Christ has for us. But by faith, we can believe that we have been born again. All things 
are made new, and that's the way in which we ought to be living out of. Who are we now? Who are you now in Christ? These are questions. This is a question you can ask daily. Who am I now? If I'm no longer to live according to my flesh, how am I to live? The Word of God says that you are to live by the Spirit. You've been given the Holy Spirit. You've been given uh, the, the weapons of your warfare to demolish strongholds. You've been given everything you need to live a godly life. You're only lacking, not because God's holding back, it's just because you're not seeking Him. That's why I love the scripture. It says, if you seek Him, you'll find Him if you seek Him with your whole heart. Not just half, not just a little, but a full heart of saying, God, I want to know you more. I want to know you more. So look what it says here. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, He changes our very nature. We're no longer people who are displeasing to God, but people in whom he delights. This can be hard for some to accept because they don't feel any different or because of what they have believed about themselves in the past. We are assured, however, in God's word that this happens regardless of what we feel or believe about ourselves. Place a check mark in the box next to the statement in each set that best describes you. So look at each of those three there's actually nine, but the sets of three, and go ahead and put a check mark that best describes you right now. And be honest. And it's interesting because different seasons in your life you can answer differently. So again, it's not about being right or wrong or trying to impress others. Uh, truth is what it is. What, where you're at in, in your understanding and the season that you're in right now with how you're accepted. So the first part, Ariana, what would be the box that you would check for the first three? No, no, the one that you, you oh, picked. Okay. Just okay. for the first three boxes. Sometimes I think God accepts me if there are times when it doesn't. Okay, and what about the next three? I don't know where I am in my God's Okay, and the last three? I hope that I will go to heaven when I die. You hope that you would go to heaven when you die. Alright, Norma, what about you? 
I believe that God always has said to me, um, I know who I am. Well, wait a minute, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know who I am and why God created me. And if if I, the last section, if I be honest, with everything that happened during this week, I would select, um, I often doubt whether I, I will go to heaven when I, well, no, no, that's not what I mean. What I mean is, let me see, that that's the one I often doubt when I will go to heaven when I die. I, it's the second one. I hope that I will go to heaven when I die. Okay. How about you, Gilda? Well, when I went through the book last week, I just wrote to the side. I have felt all of these at times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. so, and, um, so, it's, I don't know, it's kind of like two and three. It's like, I know that God always accepts me, but sometimes I feel mm -hmm. like he doesn't, like my my feelings. So I would kind of like combine those two. Mm -hmm. um, I know who I am and why God created me. And then number two, I hope that I will go to heaven when I die. And like we've said, and I mentioned before I even asked you all, Different seasons, you can answer differently. Yeah. But now I'm going to give you the flip side of that. The reason why we can answer differently is because our identity has been challenged. Yes. And this is where the title of this book, Freedom in Christ, yeah. we need to go back to. Truth is, when our identity is challenged, we're unsure Doubt creeps in. Sin begins to rule and master. Instead of repenting, we make excuses or we continue to believe a lie. So our identity is being skewed. And so once our identity is skewed, the first two in each of those sections can become our truth. And so we have to be, all of us have to be mindful that that's not our truth. Those first two aren't our truths. And we have to be mindful, kind of what you just said too, about the feelings. Because our feelings, if they're not, if they're contrary to God's truth, then we need to reckon with them. We need to bring thoughts captive and bring it into the obedience of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And bringing it into obedience means to apply truth. Like I've taken a thought captive and I'm going to apply the truth. What is truth? Well, truth is, is we can believe that we are always accepted yeah. by God.
You're a bad student. I, <laughs> I can't. Not because of, not because we're doing the right things or good things, all because of Christ. Our acceptance is because Jesus paid the price for us. So yet, though there is a way to live, there is a way in which we ought to live to honor Christ. It's we can't attach our good works to His acceptance, and that's where we got to be careful. And this is where it really has to be putting things in place in our life, making this active. It's like what I think I said on the previous Sunday in James, where we have to be doers of the word. We just can't be hearers. We have to be doers, and it's a daily application of truth. The reason we will believe one or two in the first section is because we're seeing us and not Christ. But because of Christ, we are accepted by God. That's a foundational truth that we daily need to hold on to. We don't give that ground up to the enemy. When the enemy comes a knocking to remind us, when the flesh comes a screaming or the world begins to parade itself in front of us, no, we need to push back with the truth that I'm accepted by God. It's like what you picked from that, that list there. I'm a friend of God's. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I do good. No, it's because Jesus paid the price. And then the second one, I know who I am and why God created me. Again, the foundational truth that we need to know this. When our identity is challenged, I don't feel good about myself. I'm just an average person who tries to contribute something in life. Those two statements are products of us focusing again on me, myself, and I. And that's where we have to be awakened to truth and going to wait a minute. So yet though, all see, we can feel all of these in different seasons of our life, but we have to be mindful to come against the thoughts that try to take away our identity. No, we can know who we are in Christ and why God created us. And then the last one, I am certain that I'll be with Jesus when I die. The other two things that we could check off, the doubt comes in, or that lack of hope, is because our identity has been challenged and his identity hasn't been challenged. Now, if there's active, willing sin in your life, you are choosing to deny Christ and run amok and do whatever you want and live with hidden sin, well then, uh-huh, uh, yeah. That's right, because the Word of God is very clear. These people will not inherit the kingdom of God. But because of that, because we can have the assurance that when we die, we will go to heaven again, it's all because of what Jesus accomplished. And we can remind ourselves. So again, when these things come in and these things try to present themselves to you, they're trying to establish a stronghold. And I think we talked about this last 
time we were together, when you start believing a lie, you're giving the devil the foothold. If you keep believing that, it'll develop into a stronghold. It'll become a pattern of thinking, rather it's for a day, rather it's for a week, mm-hmm. or rather it's for ten years. Mm-hmm. Until you take truth and deal with it, it'll rule and reign over you. That's why it's vital as believers, each and every single day of our lives, we are applying truth so that we can maintain this freedom in Christ. Mm-hmm. He doesn't take it away from, from us, but we can choose to not think upon it and live differently. Why would we? So that's why I want to encourage us. Yes, because I've been there different seasons of my life where I will answer these differently. Mm-hmm. But we want to get to a place where we're maturing, where we're growing, where we're, rem- we're not giving up ground to the enemy. No, we're maintaining the ground. We're maintaining our freedom in Christ because we know what He's done for us. Mm-hmm. He's accepted us. He has created us mm-hmm. to do good works. And that He's returning for us. And so deal with doubt. Mm-hmm. Deal with the uncertainty. Just don't let them be lingering thoughts. You, know, you wanted to aggressively attack them back. With truth. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah? You were going to say something? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, at least for me personally, is that when, like for example, this week, um, if something goes wrong, so I don't try to let whatever is going on to. Like you always say, like, allow that little um, foothold mm-hmm. to create a stronghold. I, I try immediately to just bring it, you know, down and say, no, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but is that at that moment, you bring that down and you, you know, present it to Christ, you repent, whatever the case may be. And But it's just when all of a sudden, from nowhere, it's just like punching your face, yes. reminding you, no matter what, you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not my way, man. It's a reminder when that thought comes to my mind, um, no matter what, you're going to hell. Um, and it brings me to condemnation because mm-hmm. reminding me of what I did wrong or what I say wrong or whatever. Yeah. You know, but at, that, at the same time, it's funny because when it happened, I just, if, 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 if that, that comes to my mind, no matter what, you're going to hell. Immediately come the the point where I remind me it's like bringing to me the enemy. Mm-hmm. This is why you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, I had I had honestly I had to like think and say, mm-hmm. wait a minute, no, I'm not going to hell because right. I've been saved by the blood of the Christ, yes. by the blood of the of the Lamb. So so I just had to immediately because if not, it's just like stay there. You know? If not, and it will. So, so it does when they create a doubt. Mm-hmm. Like this week, for example, at one point in, in my prayer time in the morning, I say, okay, God, I don't want to have doubt in my heart. I, I don't want to doubt anything that is related to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I need Holy Spirit to when I, because honestly, I mean, I, I first of all, I had to be honest with my father. And I say, God, you know, I, I need you to help me with doubt. Yes. Because this is how the enemy will try to create a stronghold in my life. If I start doubting what I'm reading about you or what I'm learning about you, 
I'm going to stop believing. If I stop mm -hmm. believing, I go back to my old woman. Yes. So, so I don't want to do that. So I just need, and I, I ask my father to help me to not doubt. Mm -hmm. The simple thing that I just believe, believe, because I believe that I'm saved. There's no doubt in my heart. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if I believe that I'm saved, I mean that I'm going to see him. Yes. So why use for all of a sudden for second you think that you're going to go to hell? Yeah. Just because this one is reminding you about something that you did mm -hmm. wrong. So that, I remember, I think it was on Wednesday morning in my prayer time. I think it was Wednesday morning when I, literally I was crying. Yeah. And I said, God, I, I know that I am saved. I know yes. that I'm your daughter. I know that you love me. I know that you have changed me. I'm a new creation in Christ. And I started, like, you know, believing every single truth that he's speaking to my heart. And, and the beautiful thing about God, like I told you this morning in my test, that God wake me, woke me up with that song, you know, mm. you know, I, I love you, you know, I, I love you. Yes. And it's just like God reminded me, no matter what, I still love you. Yes. You know, and so that's what it's, but it's like a guilt that's saying, it's, it just depends on any season of your life, you can feel different. But I don't want to believe that, that, like I hope that, that I will go to a no. I want to have the secure assurance that yes, I am going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. No matter what. If I fall, if I do something, or if I do something wrong, I know. All I need to do is just repent, and God will cleanse me and move on. And that's, and that's, and I hope we're all hearing that because that's the key repentance. Like when you recognize, wait a minute, how I'm living, how I'm thinking, the way I'm going is contrary to God's truth. This isn't truth. It's of the flesh. God forgive me. You know, it's that repentance. It's it's turning away and turning to Him. That's why I want to love when the Word of God says, throw off the sin that so easily entangles you. And that's where we got to, as believers, remember that we can't be afraid to expose sin in our hearts and in our lives in front of other believers. Yeah. I don't know why the church has gotten to a place where we all hide. Yeah. And the expectations... That people will not have sin in their life. Yeah. Oh, there will be sin in their life, but it shouldn't be a willing, participating, if you would, sin that's defining them. Yeah. If you slip up, if you mess up, get up, repent, and turn from it. But if you're willingly, and you're choosing to say, no, this is what I'm going to do, this is how I'm going to act, I'm going to live my way however I want, well, then no then you're willingly, willfully rejecting Christ. Yeah. And there's an issue with that. But as Christians, we need to be able to expose, and we need to not worry about what man thinks, or where man thinks we ought to be, and I walk. No, we can be transparent, because remember, the, tr the way to remain free is to be transparent, first before God and then before man. Like you said, you went before, before the Father, and you begin to speak, you begin to confess, you begin to ask. Ask, you will receive, seek, and, 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 and you'll find, knock, and the door will be open. Like, he's a loving father. Yeah. He knows what we're dealing with. And I like what you said, and I think we all can relate to that. There's thoughts that come at us, and it's like, where did that come from? Well, we know. Yeah. The book of Ephesians is very clear. We can't see the spiritual realm. Yeah. 
We can see what's in the natural, what's before us, but there's a realm that you can't see, and there are rulers and principalities of the air and darkness that are assigned to attack your identity. So let them throw the flaming arrows. Let them try however they may. But that's why we're given the, the, the armor of God. And we have to walk and we have to move in the full assurance of who he is and what he's given us. Because that's how we maintain freedom. That's how we can get up and we can speak. And we don't, we don't have to, again, try to, we're not pleasing man with our Christian walk. Yeah. No, we're living to please God. To honor him with our thoughts, with our minds, with our bodies, with our very essence of who we are. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your body, with all of your strength. Love Him. Because He first loved us. No greater love. And so He's teaching us that. He's showing us that. And He's given this to us freely. Like, I've made it right, you all. Come this way. Stop going that way. Stop listening to those lies. But it is. It's easy for all of us. We can enter into seasons, rather it's a day, rather it's a week, rather it's eight years, ten years, however many years. The point is, is that he's always pursuing us with truth, calling us back to himself. And I've been studying like over these past couple weeks about revival. And how he, how he even moved upon his people and kept calling them back to himself. They went so far where you would think, God, there's no hope for your people. But yet, no, there's always hope. They went so far and they did detestable things. But yet he sent the prophets to tell them if they would just turn back to him, he would make all things right. And he says the same things to us in this generation. If you would just turn to me. And he gives us the assurance of, of the truth of his love and of his word. And we have the Holy Spirit to bring that conviction. So we ought not to live, as the word of God says, grieving the Holy Spirit. So again, truth is we need to be truthful with these questions. Where are we at? But then when you see where you're at, you then need to be able to target the truth to these so that it doesn't continue to remain a fault in your heart and in your life. Any thoughts before we move on? You had something? Yeah, I just want to bring to this. What happened this week what made me feel like that for a moment. Um... Since I read for the first time, when I read this, and it was when we were just studying the book of Proverbs, mm-hmm. that I read it for the first time, it would just hit me, really. I, and I will never forget this Proverbs 6, um, where they say that God hates 16. But there mm-hmm. was, so when I read it for the first time, and I just, like, literally, I was, like, shaking into my, in the, in my heart because I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. Oh, I'm in trouble with this. And even when I was at a wedding earlier, um, God deal a lot with me with that setting in specific, which I thought it wasn't, but it is. And so it happened this week, 
and it's in there talking about always about lying. Mm. And I was an expert since I was little, honestly. Mm. I was an expert. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, it was like eating a piece of cake. It was nothing, you know. No, until I gave my life to the Lord. Well, really, I would say this last three years since I've been walking with the Lord faithfully. So God has been dealing with me in reference to that. Mm -hmm. It's not only lying. It's just you cannot, you don't have to be a lie. You can exaggerate. You can mm -hmm. add a little bit more here, there. Still, it's a lie. Yeah. So, and I've been asking when I read that for the first time, like I said, when you study, we studied the book of Proverbs, I was like, oh, God, I'm in trouble. You need to help me. You need to be standing, to be quiet when they need to be quiet. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do this. I mean, I know you hate that sin, and I know that's a sin that is so easy for me just to fall in, into it. And um, so this week, someone asked me a simple question. And instead of saying yes, I say no. Mm -hmm. And I lie. Because, and it was so stupid, to be honest. No. I just didn't need to say yes, I knew about it. But for whatever, don't ask me why my mouth came out with saying no. Mm. It just came out no. Yeah. And immediately as I did it, it was at work, I felt the conviction of the mm. Holy Spirit. And guess what? The following day, someone from Colorado, not knowing anything that's going on down here, sent me an email, uh, uh, some, uh, something from YouTube. And at the end of the message, he was saying, and it's a, a spoken word that I sent to you. The lady said at the end, shut up your mouth. Wow. You remember? I remember, yeah. I was like, when, well, first of all, when I read the title, huh. the whole truth, honestly, I was like, oh, I don't want to open this. Mm -hmm. But I said, no, God, you want to speak, you're going to speak to me to this. And he did. When she finished that spoken word at yeah. the end, she said, powerful. yeah, I was like, if you don't have anything to say, shut your mouth. Mm -hmm. I was like, or oh, something like that, whatever. But it was like, shut your mouth, like, right. oh, God, please. And, and, and I remember that morning, um, I was praying before I opened that text that she sent me. And I, I said, God, I know your word say that if one member of your body is, is making sin, cut it off, and rather to lose that member then. And I say, right, honestly, this is me talking to God. I said, God, God, I'd rather call my, my family. This is going to cost me to sin against you, mm. you know, I don't want this happen anymore in my life, you know, a simple question I answer with no, when it was a, yes, a yes, and it may grieve my, and it grieve me because I'm grieving the Holy Spirit, yeah. you know, and that's what I, that's when the condemnation trying to grip in, like, okay, this is, this is, mm. this is, you're going to hell no matter what, <laughs> because wow. of this, and wow. but at the same time, I say no. And I say, I say, Holy Spirit, thank you for the conviction. Thank you that you're giving me the truth of repentance. You know, so that's what I, what I mean. That I, I, I and, and if you remember, I sent you a say FAY about my flu test. Yes. I knew what was happening. I, I knew why. Like, yeah. Oh, God, no, he asked me, and he, I said yes, but I was talking about so many things, and I need to clarify this. And it was just like, at the same time, everything, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. I was like, Oh God, please, please help me. So it's just like, and I like I said because when I read Isaiah too, Isaiah when he say, and I'm a I'm a man of unclean unclean speech. I was like, that's me. Means exactly. I'm like, that's me. You know, I don't want that in my life. I want to be able to. I want you to communicate with me, and I want to communicate with you. 
and if I speak something that is not true, how in the world are you going to communicate with me? So it's just like conviction, which is good. But uh, at the same time, I was sitting God the day, God, I hate this in my life. I hate it. And, and do you know the reason why you hate it? Because you hate it. Yeah. And that even shows you the intimacy that you have in your heart with Him. Yeah. You know? And, that's, and it's a lesson for all of us to learn is that there's going to be things that is going to flare up within us. Sin in our lives. But the conviction, God is quick by the Holy Spirit. That's why He's given to us. Remember, Jesus says, I have to go away so that He will come. He convicts us. And how we respond to conviction is how we will maintain our freedom. We respond and we go, God forgive me. And again, it goes back to that scripture I just said earlier, is throw off the sin that so easily entangles us. There's things in each of our lives that's that's that old nature, because remember the the Bible says that the flesh, that old nature, it's waging war inside you with the spirit. And these little things that so easily trip us up, entangles us, we've got to be mindful. And so we don't have to beat ourselves up. But, we got to be careful to repent. To not make excuses for them, but like you said, to repent. To, to, to apply God's truth and then just move on. Just keep yeah. going. Just keep moving. Just keep persevering. But the trap that we can fall into, similar to kind of what you're talking about, is we feel the conviction. We see the sin in our lives. You know? Then we, it's easy to turn it to condemnation. And then beat ourselves up. Or listen to the lie of the enemy. You're never going to go to heaven. Look, you can never do anything right. You know? And then you said too, then you end up just going back. Because where else are you going to go? If you don't, if you, if you let condemnation rule and reign in your heart, then you're going to withdraw from God's presence. Because you're not going to feel worthy. You make it about you. Yeah. Do you see the trick of the enemy? That's what he does with all of us. Yeah. And then before you know it, then we just give back into what we know. And before you know it, we start wandering off. Yeah. That's why it's so vital, kind of what you're sharing with us, this points of application, to apply truth to our lives, to our situation. Mm-hmm. Like He loves us, and that's the reason why we know that He loves us, because He's revealing to us the sin. If He didn't love us, He would just be like, whatever. No, but he loves us, so he reveals, he brings this conviction. This isn't good for you. This is of the flesh. This, is, this isn't of me. This is not what I would have for you. And so we don't have to shriek away from him. No, we draw closer to him. And then we ask. You know, and I love how you worded it. We, you just ask for what you need. In and of ourselves, we don't know what to do. So that's why we must depend on Him for this newness of life. We're made new. Now we just need to learn how to mature. And just as we matured in our flesh, we need to mature in the newness of life. So that's good. So 2 Peter, I mean, yeah, 2 Peter, no, yep, 1 Peter, I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, it says, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. Mm-hmm. That's talking about us. Oh, you're reading from the Bible. 
Yes. You are a royal priest, a holy nation. Look at this. You're God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Did y'all hear that? Mm -hmm. Let that sink in for a minute. This is your new identity. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation. You're God's very own possession. Could you imagine if we really believed this? Mm -hmm. If you got up every day, and I would challenge you to go this week and just meditate on 1 Peter. Go to your Bible, open it up, underline it, read it every morning. Remind yourself, you're God's very own possession. You can show others the goodness of God. For he has called you out of darkness into a light. Mm -hmm. Once you had no identity, there was no mercy for you. Mm -hmm. But now you're God's people, and you have received God's mercy. In the book there, Ari, on page 13, can you read that first part, A New Creature? Before you go into Alive in Christ, you can stop there. Everything changes as we pass from spiritual death to life, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's dear Son. We were former, formerly dark, mm-hmm. formerly. Mm-hmm. darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. Ephesians 5.8 For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. Colossians 1.13 If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. 2 Corinthians 5.17 We have been grafted into Christ. John 1-5 Complete Colossians 2.6-7 We have a new heart and a new spirit. Ephesians 11.19 as Christians, we are not recognized by our natural heritage, descendants of Adam and Eve, but by our spiritual heritage, who we are in Christ. We are new creations. We have become partakers of Jesus Christ's divine nature. It was prophesied in the Old Testament that believers would receive a new heart and a new spirit. The moment we were born again, we inherited a whole new core identity at the very heart of every believer is a new seed of life that is waiting to take root and sprout in righteousness. Amen. So this, these points that were listed there, these five points, truth. Truth. I would encourage you this week, just, just don't take it on the Friday nights because they're together. No, I really want to challenge us, you all. I just don't want this to be a study that we go through and nothing changes. But you're going to have to apply these to your life. You're going to have to take your own time and study and and go read these scriptures. So I'm going to challenge y'all to go this week, these five points. Open up the Word of God. Sit in your bed. Sit at your desk. Sit somewhere. Be still. 
Just ask the Holy Spirit to teach you because He's our teacher. Open up these scriptures and read them. Write them out. These are truths that need to be applied. You were once of darkness, but now you're of light. He has rescued you from the dominion of darkness, and He's transferred you into His kingdom. If you are in Christ, you are a new creature. The old has passed away. All things are new. These are truths that you should be reminding yourself daily. Because let me tell you something. If us as believers are not applying truth daily, you're taking truth, you're taking the foreign truth from this world yeah. or from the enemy or from your flesh. You're, you're taking a false truth and you're making it your truth because that's what you hear the most. Mm-hmm. But when you really apply truth, the truth, it'll set you free. And that you'll remain free. You're not to recognize yourself of the old nature any longer. And I think I said that the first week we were together. I'm not a product any longer of the fall. When's the last time you reminded yourself of that? You need to. I need to. Daily. I'm not a product of the fall. Say that, Ariana. Now, now, by saying it, start believing it. Mm-hmm. And how, well, then how do I know I'm believing it? Because you'll see the difference of, of the decisions that you make in your life. You'll be quick to recognize the works of the flesh. You're going to, wait a minute, why am I doing this? And you don't have to beat yourself up. You realize why you're doing it. It's the product of the fall. Well, I'm not the product of the fall. So, Father, forgive me. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, teach me. And it's these truths that we just keep applying that we're maturing in the newness of life that we've received. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer a product of the fall. No, I'm a product now. I love this. Of, our, of the spiritual heritage in Christ and what He has accomplished. Mm-hmm. I am the product of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Say that. I am the product of the resurrection. I'm a product of the my God, if we truly believe that, you all, we wouldn't be as insecure people. We wouldn't try to fight for position. We wouldn't try to devour each other. We wouldn't try to fit in and do weird, manipulative things. We wouldn't try to control. We wouldn't try to do what we see people do. No, we would just be so secure in Christ that we would be ready to serve. We would just give of ourselves so that others would live. Because that's what he did. And we're the product of the resurrection. That's powerful. And if you don't believe it, see, it's not like a mantra where you're just chanting it. You know, no, no. It's, it's, it's beyond just repeating it and repeating No, it's really believing it. And saying, no, like, God, this is what you've done. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But then we can really be real with God. But we have to be careful that we don't play a weird codependent weirdness with God. It's okay to express where we're at and say, but God, I'm having a hard time believing this. So I'm asking Holy Spirit that you help me believe. Mm -hmm. And He will. 
but we've got to be careful not to play these weird games with God that we, that we do with man, just so that somehow, oh, we're getting the attention that we need, but it's the wrong attention. Mm-hmm. That doesn't please God. God's looking for a sincere heart. So if your heart is sincere and saying, God, I'm having trouble believing this, help me. From a sincere heart, you'll respond when he gives you the help. If it's not a sincere heart, he's giving you help, but you move his hand. And you say, I kind of feel comfortable here, God. And you understand me, God. And it's this weirdness and staying stuck, and that's not healthy. So hopefully that makes sense to you all. Mm-hmm. But you're not no longer a product of the fall. You're the product of the resurrection. You have been redeemed. You have been made new. Rather you feel it or not. Mm-hmm. This is the hope in which you have to believe in Christ. And this is how he transformed us. Remember the scripture. How does he transform us? By changing the way we think. It's powerful, man. That's why it's so, like when, when your eyes are open to truth and you see how everything else, people are just living in darkness, you go, oh Jesus. And you want to respond so you can share the good news with the other captives. There's a way out. There's a way to live. There's a way to life. There's a way to hope. Because of Christ. Because of Christ. It's powerful, you all. Mm-hmm. I'm praying that that really settles in our hearts and that we get excited about it. So that our fellowship, our individual lives blossom. And then our fellowship blossoms because we're, we have truth to offer to a dying world. Mm-hmm. These truths. And so I want to encourage you all to go back and then... You even want to take another step in your study time, in your devotional time? Write out a prayer with these scriptures. And the the easiest way to do it is personalize it. So, I was once darkness, but now I am of light in the Lord. You saw how I did that with the first one? For he rescued me from the dominion of darkness and transferred me to the kingdom of his beloved son. If I am in Christ, then I am a new creature. The old things pass away, behold, new things have come forth. My God, you're praying already. Your prayer life increases. It really does. Because ultimately, prayer is praying in agreement with God's truth. Yeah. It's having this conversation with God. And then you can pray for others. I have been grafted into Christ Jesus. Father, help Ariana understand that she has been grafted into Christ Jesus. Do you see? Mm-hmm. That's how you pray for others. You start learning scripture, your prayer life it becomes enhanced. I have a new heart and a new spirit. Father in Jesus name. Grant carry the wisdom and the understanding to know she has a new heart and a new spirit. And she walk in this truth daily. 
See, this is how you're praying for others. You're praying for yourself. Powerful. It's God's truth. It's the truth that sets us free. So let's look at page 14 and 15, Alive in Christ. Well, actually, before we go there, let's just finish this out. A saint, not a sinner, and a whole new person. Gilda, read those two for us. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord, you are not a forgiven sinner, but a redeemed saint. The moment you became a Christian, your core identity, or who you really are deep down inside, changed from someone who was excluded from God to someone who is accepted, secure, and significant in Christ. If you think of yourself as a forgiven sinner, but still a sinner, what are you likely to do? Sin, of course. Mm. In order to live a truly righteous life, you would have to be a new creation in Christ. And God has already accomplished that for you. Let's stay there for a second. This is important, you all. The deceptive lies that, that the enemy weaves within the church is you're still a sinner. I'm just a forgiving sinner. In reality, that's not truth. You are redeemed. You are a new creation. Now, in saying that, again, does that mean you won't sin? No, but when you do sin, you repent and you get up from it, and it doesn't define you. It doesn't become your identity. But when you always say, well, I'm just a sinner... I'm just a sinner, yeah. I'm just a sinner, then what are you going to do? Sin. Sin. Yeah. And so I love that this, and this is and this is why I wanted to do this study, because years ago when I did it, it really just encouraged me, because I kept hearing in the church that we're just sinners, we're just sinners, we're just sinners. But no, we are redeemed. And this is one of the first studies that ever confirmed the truth that God planted in my heart. When he rescued me. Because if all I'm ever going to be is just a sinner, then I don't want to live that tormented life, God. I'd rather just go back. We don't have to live tormented. You once were, but now you're redeemed. But in that understanding, don't let the enemy twist it and say, well, look, you just sinned, so really... No, you recognize, yes, the flesh and the spirit are warring. There's going to be times you will sin. That's why in 1 John he writes, I write that you, in hopes that you will not sin, but if you do, repent. Remember Jesus. And so we can recognize that, no, there is the fullness. And that's why the Christian life, when people look at the Christian life and all they see are forgiven sinners, then they see no hope. But let people start seeing the redeemed saints. Let them start seeing the power of God transforming people's lives. People will have a desire to hear the gospel. Because God is using our physical bodies as instruments, as vessels, that the Holy Spirit can draw people to truth. His truth. Redemption. So does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? Do you have a question on this concept of knowing that you're a redeemed person, not just a sinner all your life? Does that make sense? Yeah? yeah? Does that make sense, Gilda? What? The concept of, of looking at yourself as a redeemed person, not just a forgiven sinner. Mm-hmm. 
Because it's easy to fall trap into that. It's easy to hear others, and others get angry if you tell them differently. Yeah. No, they'll tell you, no, I'm just a sinner. Oh, we're just a sinner. Oh, what are you saying? You don't sin? No, no one's saying that. But I'm not identifying with the sin nature. And if I do sin, then I repent. I don't beat myself up. I'm not trying to meet this mark. And you know, no, no, I'm just living differently because the power of God, the resurrection power, is within me, within you, within those who receive Jesus. This is the hope. This is what we have. That's why we don't go run amok with the world. That's why we don't keep giving in to the things of this world and to the desires of our flesh because we recognize we've nailed them to the cross. And they weren't forced out of our hands. No, we willingly, freely gave them up. That's good news, you all. A a saint, not a sinner, and you're a whole person. If you're around me long enough, one thing you'll hear me say, Ariana is don't make decisions out of your brokenness. I'm sure you all have heard me say that. Are you making decisions out of your old brokenness or out of the wholeness of Christ? Your choices in life should be based out of your wholeness in Christ, not out of your brokenness because someone hurt you or if things didn't go your way or whatever you own, you're, you want to give yourself rights to from your brokenness. You make decisions out of being broken, it'll kill you. It'll give you nothing but destruction. Nothing good can come from that. That's why we have to remain alert. We have to remain coherent. And say, wait a minute, what am I thinking on? And where is this coming from? Is it a place out of wholeness or it is out of brokenness? And if if it's out of brokenness, repent. Expose it. Expose it. And, be a, and then allow accountability to take place in your life. Stop pushing people out of our lives that want to hold us accountable. Stop thinking that that's being aggressive. Or people are trying to force us to change. No, it's out of a place of love. It's out of a place of accountability that we all should be open to have so that we're growing as God's people. So let's look at this 14 and 15. In Christ. So since I am in Christ, I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. I am God's child. I'm a branch of the true vine, a channel of Christ's life. I am Christ's friend. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I am a slave of righteousness. I am enslaved to God. I'm a son of God. I'm a joint heir with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. I am God's temple. I'm united with the Lord and one with him, one spirit with him. I am a member of Christ's body. I am a new creation. I am reconciled to God and a minister of reconciliation. I am a son of God and one in Christ. I am an heir of God since I'm a son of God. I am a saint. I am God's workmanship. I am a fellow citizen with the rest of God's people and his family. I am a prisoner of Christ. I am righteous and holy. I am a citizen of heaven. I am hidden with Christ and God. 
I'm an expression of the life of Christ because he, he is my life. I am chosen of God, holy and dearly loved. I am chosen and dearly loved by God. I am a son of light and not of darkness. I am a holy brother, partaker of a heavenly calling. I am a partaker of Christ. I share in his life. I am one of God's living stones, and I'm being built up as a spirit house. I am a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession to proclaim the excellence of his, excellencies of him. I am an alien and a stranger to this world in which I temporarily live. I am an enemy of the devil. I am now a child of God. I resemble Christ when he returns. I will resemble Christ when he returns. I am born of God and the evil, I love this one, and the evil one cannot touch me. I am not the great I am, I am sorry, I am not the great I am, but by the grace of God, I am who I am. Gilda, the list is yours. Begin to read. I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. I am God's child. I am a branch of the true vine, a channel of Christ's life. I am Christ's friend. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I am a slave of righteousness. I am a slave to God. I am a daughter of God. I am a joint heir with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. I am God's temple. I am united with the Lord in one spirit with him. I am a member of Christ's body. I am a new creation. I am reconciled to God and a minister of reconciliation. I am a daughter of God and one in Christ. I am an heir of God and I am a daughter of God. I am a saint. I am God's workmanship. I am a fellow citizen with the rest of God's people in his family. I am a prisoner of Christ. I am, a, I am righteous and holy. I am a citizen of heaven. I am hidden with Christ in God. I am an expression of the life of Christ because he is my life. I am chosen of God, holy and dearly loved. I am chosen and dearly loved by God. I am a daughter of light and not of darkness. I am a holy sister, partaker of heavenly calling. I am a partaker of Christ. I share his life. I am one of God's living stones, and I am being built up as a spirit house. I am a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession to proclaim the excellencies of him. I am an alien and a stranger to this world in which I temporarily live. I am an enemy of the devil. I am a child of God. I will resemble Christ when he returns. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. I am not the great I am, but by the grace of God, I am who I am. Norma? How about it? <laughs> I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. I am a I am God's child. I am a branch of the true vine, a channel of Christ's life. I am Christ's friend. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I am a slave of righteousness. I am a slave to God. I am a daughter of God. I am a joint heir with Christ, sharing with his inheritance with him. I am God's temple. I am, I am united with the Lord and, and one spirit with him. I am a member of Christ's body. I am a new creation. I am reconciled to God, and I am a minister of reconciliation. I am a daughter of God and one in Christ. I am an heir of God and a 
since I am a daughter of God, I am a saint, I am God workmanship, I am a fellow citizen with the rest with the rest of God people and his family in his family. I am a prisoner of Christ. I am righteous and holy. I am a citizen of heaven. I am hidden with Christ in God. I am a, I am an expression of the life of Christ because of because he is my life. I am chosen of God, holy and early love. I am chosen and early loved by God. I am a daughter of light and love of darkness. I am a holy sister partaker of heavenly calling. I am a partaker of Christ. I share in his life. I am one of God's living, living stone and I'm being built up a <coughs> spirit house. I am chosen race of royal Christ, praise, praise, Priesthood. Oh, priesthood. Holy nation, the people of God own possession to proclaim the essence of Him. I am an alien and a string, stranger to His world, to this world in which I temporarily live. I am an, an enemy of the devil. I am now a child of God. I will resemble Christ when He returns. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. I am, I am not the great I am, but mm. by the grace of God, I am who I am. Amen. Like Ariana, mm. you're up. Nice and loud. <laughs> I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. I am God's child. I am a branch of the true vine, a channel of Christ's love. I am Christ's friend. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. Mm. I am a slave of righteousness. I am a slave to God. I am a son or daughter of God. I am a joint heir here mm -hmm. with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Mm. I am God's temple. I am united with the Lord in my spirit with him. I am a member of Christ's body. I am a new creation. I am reconciled to God and am a minister of reconciliation. I am a son or daughter of God in one in Christ. I am an heir of God since I am a son or daughter of God. I am a saint. I am God's workmanship. I am a fellow citizen with the rest of God's people to his, and his family. I am a prisoner of Christ. I am righteous and holy. I am a citizen of heaven. I am hidden with Christ and God. I am an expression of the life of Christ because he is my life. Mm -hmm. I am chosen of God, holy and dearly loved. I am chosen and dearly loved by God. I am a son or daughter of light and not darkness. I am a holy brother or sister, partaker of the heavenly calling. I am a partaker of Christ. I share in his life. I am one of God's living stones and am being built up as a spirit house. I am a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession to proclaim the excellencies of him. I am an alien and a stranger to this world in which I temporarily live. I am an enemy of the devil. I am now a child of God. I will resemble Christ when he returns. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. I am not the great I am, but by the grace of God, I am the one. Amen. These truths. 
Could you, I want you to think about this just for a moment. Could you imagine if these truths you really understood and you applied them to your life every day? This is just a few of God's truths. These are scriptures. Mm-hmm. And I, here's your challenge and your homework for the week. Mm-hmm. Go back. Pick three of these. If you want to do all of them, great. Go do all of them. Look up all these scripture references and read through all the scriptures. But I at least want you to pick three. Pick three that you're going to meditate on, that you're going to write out, and you're going to think upon each day. Then we'll discuss them next week when we get together. But pick three. But like I said, if you want to go ahead, look up each of these scriptures, read them. Praise God, that's great. But for now, let's do three. If you just can, just do three. Mm-hmm. So you've got the last on page thirteen. I encourage you to go back and review those five points. Look up those scriptures. You've got this list to pick three from. And I, I challenged you the last time we were together too is stand in front of a mirror and begin to say these truths. These truths that you're learning through this study. You have to let the Word of God get deep down inside you. You've got to allow it to take root into your heart so that you can start seeing transformation in your life. The truth that you'll be able to counsel other people is, are these truths. You can counsel people with God's truth. As, you, as we learned in the first session, the good news, giving them the good news, the, the understanding of accepting Christ and what He has come to accomplish, and in that, how their lives now begin to be transformed into this new identity, into that which we're learning about. These I Ams in Christ, they're truths. Meditate upon them daily, 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 daily throughout the rest of your life. This is just who you're becoming. This is just who you are. So let's look here at the full gospel. These points here. You don't know what's been done to me. It doesn't change who you are in Christ. You don't know how bad I've been. It doesn't change who you are in Christ. You don't know the failures I've had as a Christian. It doesn't change who you are in Christ. Christ loved you when he when you were still a sinner. That hasn't stopped now that you're his. But what about my future sins? When Christ died once for all our sins, how many of your sins were yet to be committed? And then wouldn't I be filled with pride if I believed all those things about myself. Your new identity in Christ is not something you have earned. It is a free gift made possible by the grace of God alone. You are not saved by how you behave. This is important. You are saved by how you believe. These are statements that either you can find yourself saying or others would say. And these are the truths and how to respond. You don't know what's, what's been done to me. Well, again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change who you are in Christ. You don't know how bad I've been. It doesn't change who you are in Christ. You don't know the failures I've had as a Christian. 
It doesn't change who you are in Christ because Christ loved you when you were still a sinner. That hasn't stopped now that you're his. But what about my future sins? No, he died for all. And wouldn't I be filled with pride if I believed all those things about myself? No. Because it has nothing to do with your good works. It has all to do with Christ, you all. The truth. These are good. This is good news. So distinguishing Christianity from false religions, many find it helpful to speak the following declarations about God. The truth about your Father God. And I'm just going to read this first column here. I renounce the lie that my Father God is a distant, is distant and disinterested, insensitive and uncaring, stern and demanding, passive and cold, absent or too busy from me, impatient, angry and rejecting, mean, cruel or abusive, trying to take all the fun out of life, controlling or manipulative. Condemning or unforgiving, a nitpicking, demanding perfectionist. These are lies that religion can try to make you believe, the devil will try to make you believe, the world or the flesh will try to make you believe. Have you believed any of those? And if so, what have you believed? Or are believing, if you want to be bold enough to be truthful. Look at that list. Have you ever thought God to be like any of this? Distant and disinterested, insensitive and uncaring, stern and demanding, passive and cold, absent or too busy for me, impatient, angry and rejecting, mean, cruel or abusive, trying to take all the fun out of life, controlling or manipulative, condemning or unforgiving, a nitpicking, demanding perfectionist. Gilda? Um, sorrow. I'm going to say stern and demanding. Mm. And condemning and unforgiving. I'd say that those were the, the biggest ones. Mm. Um, yeah, I would go with those. Okay. Norma? Have you ever believed any of those? or? To be honest, I mean, honestly, when I was lost, mm -hmm. I used to think about God mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I just I was okay in my life. Yeah. You know, for me it was just okay. You know, and I I don't I never I think when I was little, you know, like but not like with this kind of inscription, I never thought about him like that when I was lost. When I grew up, you know, when I left home and I I was lost. I just no fault. Yeah, no, no. Don't even think about him at all. Mm -hmm. You know, so 
really. Have you thought any of those after coming to him? Mm -mm. The opposite. Okay. I mean, it's just like I now when I, I remember the first time that I read when in in, in the book of Psalm I think it is when he said that a perfectly wonderful mate he made me that for me was like at the biggest I mean it was just like wow really mm -hmm. you thought about me before you and I was in my mother you know worse in my mother's womb so that for me was like a mm -hmm. beautiful truth so I, I no okay. how about you Ariana any on that list that maybe you thought about God before or think of him now Some are too busy. Mm -hmm. Distant and disinterested. Distant and It's easy to fall and trap to these these lies. Um, I remember, in, you know, even before coming to Christ, but I always saw him as to be just taking the fun out of life. You know, I think I've shared this with you all. There were seasons in my life where, as I was growing up, I blamed God for putting me in this mess. Like I would say to God, even before I was a Christian. How are you going to hold me accountable for something I didn't ask for? Mm. I didn't ask to be born. And so that's, you're cruel. Like, why would you make a creation that I am born into sin without a choice? I could see if I chose to sin, but I never chose it. I was born this way. All, all the stack was against me. So you're cruel. You're playing some weird cosmic game. And I don't want to be a part of it. And so I did. I, I, I wanted no part of it. But now coming to Christ and recognizing, no, wait a minute, how ignorant that thought was, mm -hmm. how I bought into the lie, because now I have a full understanding of the fall, what happened at the fall, but what conquered that understanding was the fullness of his love. Seeing from the beginning, even before the foundations were laid, that the cross was already purposed. And that changed me. That set me free. But it's when we believe these lies that I love this word. And we're going to see this, this, this process as we're going through this this study on freedom, is to learn to renounce. And it's vital that we learn this practice in our lives. Because maybe, for some of us, we see on this list, maybe there will be others, at this point, I don't see. But as we're going through this, there's going to be things that we have had in our life that we, that we haven't renounced. And so, if you haven't 
confessed partaking of these lies. It's vital that the ones that I was able to point out, you were able to point out, that you were able to renounce and say that from your mouth. You don't have to do it now in front of us, but I would encourage you to go back and look at the ones that, that you were able to look at and say as the top says, I renounce the lie that my Father God is trying to take the fun out of life. Cruel. Some cosmic weirdo that's put me in a, in, in a place that I didn't ask for. Like you're renouncing it. You're, you're dealing with the, 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 the root, if you would, of the lie that, that's, that you're believing or have believed. You're breaking ties with it. You're renouncing it. You're demolishing it with God's truth. And that's what I like on this other side. So as you renounce it, you now choose to believe the truth about God. Remember we talked about taking thoughts captive and bringing it to the obedience of the Lordship of Jesus Christ? The application of that is when you recognize something as a lie, you take it captive and you bring it into obedience by speaking the truth that demolishes it. And so let's look at the demolish. Look at the ones that we've picked and then look at the truths. So I choose to believe the truth that my Father God is intimate and in involved. And I love they have scriptures here. So a deeper study. Go If you, if you were able to see some on this other side, look at the ones that are truth and go to those scriptures. Read those scriptures this week. Choose to believe. Mm-hmm. I choose to believe that the truth that my Father God is kind and passionate. And isn't it beautiful how we're saying Father God? He is our Father. Mm-hmm. He's accepting and filled with joy and love. He is warm and affectionate, always with me, eager to be with me, patient and slow to anger, loving, gentle, and protective trustworthy and wants to give me a full life. His will is good, perfect, and acceptable for me. Full of grace and mercy. And he gives me freedom to fail. Wow, I love that. Tender-hearted and forgiving. His heart and arms are always open to me. Committed to my growth and proud of me as his beloved child. I would encourage you to go not just look at the ones... You know, meditate on the ones that, that deal with the lie that you believed. But also at some point begin to look at all of these truths. See him this way because this is his character. Get to know God. Get to know him. Go read these scriptures. Meditate on them. Speak these truths out. Commune with him. Have a relationship with him. He wants to reveal himself. His desire is to reveal himself to you. So that there would be this intimate, loving relationship with your Father. How beautiful. So to witness. What Adam and Eve lost in the fall was life. Jesus came to give us life. People don't like to be judged, and thus calling them sinners may be counterproductive to what you are trying to accomplish. 
Pascal said that there is a God-shaped vacuum in every person. People need new life in Christ. How might knowing that help you in witnessing to others? And that helps us because it gives them hope. That is what he came to do. Not everybody wants to be called a sinner. Not everybody, when you present the gospel, when you share this good news, they want to see themselves as a sinner. But that's a place they have to if they're truly going to receive. Until one confesses their sin, until one sees their need for a Savior, there's no salvation. No matter what good works they do, no matter how much they want to slap Jesus on their life, no. Those, Jesus says, those who love me will obey, will follow my commands. So yes, it's a hard conversation to have with people, but don't dance around it with them. It's a hard conversation. Not, and no one wants to hear it. But allow the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit. You're not Holy Spirit, Junior. You can't force someone into salvation. But you can be used of God to be one who may plant the seed, may water it, and one may harvest it. Do your part to share the good news. Let them see your life being transformed daily. Let them see you come to life. Wow, that's the greatest expression of Christ. Resembling Christ to others. So some questions as we're coming to wrap up here. Gilda, to what degree have you struggled with a negative self-image? A lot. What caused you to feel that way about yourself? We're going to stay with you. Um, my thoughts and those of others. And you hit the you hit the nail on the head because that's for all of us. Mm-hmm. As soon as our thoughts take us captive, mm-hmm. as soon as we start listening to what others are saying about us, and we're believing that, then that's the way we're going to go. We're going to have a negative self-image, and we're going to be confused of our newness and our identity in Christ. And that's why it's vital that we try not to focus on ourselves mm-hmm. or what's even been done or what's even been said, that we're keeping our eyes on Jesus. That we don't have to live a life because it's easy for all of us to fall into it, enslaved to faults of a negative self-image. But if you're recognizing tonight, if you're recognizing throughout the study that, wait a minute, my image of myself is contrary to what Jesus and what God is saying about me. That I want to challenge all of us, let's be diligent to grow, let's be diligent to mature, because this is where freedom's coming. And God has given us a ministry, and He has called it True Freedom Fellowship. And true being genuine. Not a put on, not a facade, not a anything else, but truth. Genuine freedom. And in that, having fellowship with God and then with others. And letting others see that there is a fellowship, there is a community of believers that are expressive with their love for God and what He has done for them. That's the beauty of it. So, Norma, number two, 
versus one two. They get they number two two. Right? So there's two twos. So the second two. Have you understood yourself to be a sinner or saint? And what or who contributed to this assessment? Sister Norma. Well, now I see myself as a saint. Amen. Um, and what's contributed to that? Christ. Amen. I changed my life. Why is it so important to understand the whole gospel? I'm going to stay with you. Okay. Because if I understand what he's saying, the truth will set me free. Mm-hmm. And because everything that he's speaking in the gospel and the, in the Bible is true. Mm-hmm. So I, if I allow him to, if I allow the Holy Spirit to give me understanding and mm-hmm. wisdom, mm-hmm. I will definitely walk in that freedom, so. Amen. All right, number four. What should we do when we sin? Amen. That's right. Very good. And remember what, for all of us, remember what repentance is. It's a turning away from. It's not like, oops, I'm sorry, and then not mean it. No, it's like, oh God, I'm sorry, I repent, and then I'm turning away from it. Holy Spirit, help me go this way from it, not to continue. So it's really good. And we already discussed number five, what has been your perception of God in the past, mm-hmm. and what has contributed to it. And when we did our list over here about mm-hmm. the lies... And then I would just encourage you, as I did before for number six, what is your perception now and why, to look at God's truth. Mm-hmm. Get to know Him, know His character, know who He is. So suggestion for quiet time this week. And I'm really challenging each of you to do these things. can't force you, mm-hmm. but I'm just encouraging you. I really want to see significant growth in my life and significant growth within the fellowship. Mm-hmm. And growth only comes from application. Mm-hmm. Only when you apply it. So at some point, sometime this week, have some quiet time. Read the entire I, I'm sorry, in Christ list, and it's something I've already told you, asked you to do, um, out loud every day this week. Look up each verse in your Bible and read it. And I encourage you, if you don't look up each one, at least pick three. Mm -hmm. But if you really want to go deep in the study, do all of them. Then do the same for the verses revealing the truth about God. And those were the ones in that column that I encouraged you to either go to the ones that you picked for the lie that you believe, Mm -hmm. or go through all of them and get to know them. It'll take some time. You don't have to do it all. Don't rush it through a day. Maybe divide up some time during the week. Each day. Set aside. Before you go to bed, maybe we get up a little bit earlier. Just maybe in the afternoon. But do these things. Mm-hmm. And watch how He transformed you. And because He'll transform you by the renewing of your mind. Changing the way you think. Because you'll start believing more truth. And then the big question. Before the next session, consider the following question. Here it is. Ready for the big question to think about and have an answer for? 
How does a Christian walk by faith? That is a question. And then that leads into our next study for next Friday, living by faith. Amen? So we've gone from the good news, understanding the good news, accepting the good news, accepting this free gift of salvation, into understanding our new identity in Christ, and then we're walking by faith as we go into next week. Amen? So, let's close with this incredible, it's one of my new favorite songs I heard this week, and it has truly been an encouragement to me, and I pray it is for you. Um, I've posted it on Facebook, so if you want to go find it, you can go find it. But listen to these words, and then I'll close this in prayer.
Yeah. 